Welcome to the Work Camper Show, brought to you by WorkCamper.com. This podcast helps you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. Each one of our episodes will introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to work camping opportunities all around the U.S. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Today I will be interviewing someone who has a unique work camping situation. He runs a business wherever they travel, and his wife works traditional work camping jobs. Helps reduce travel costs while giving them lots of flexibility. Today's episode is brought to you by the featured employers at WorkCamper.com. These work camper employers have taken the extra step to share some photos and detailed information about their work camping programs. Opportunities exist for solos, couples, and families, whether they are full-time, part-time, seasonal, and even long-term jobs. Some are income opportunities and others involve volunteering at locations throughout the United States. Go to www.workcamper.com forward slash F-E to meet the featured employers today. Employers who are seeking to hire work campers can learn about the benefits of year-round recruiting by becoming a featured employer. More information about featured employers is available at www.workcamper.com forward slash F.E. Details. When I caught up with Bill McLeod, he was in Pella, Iowa, where his wife Jennifer was serving as a camp host at a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers project at Lake Red Rock. They arrived in mid-April, and they will be there the entire summer. Although Bill helps out with work camping responsibilities upon occasion, Jennifer is responsible for the lion's share of duties. Bill makes a living as a mobile RV service technician, and he is often working at a job in his campground or in a nearby facility. He describes his business as helping make people's lives a little bit better by fixing things that break. The couple launched on their RV experience in the middle of the COVID situation. After his position as a magazine printer was eliminated, Bill and Jennifer weighed their options and decided now was the time to pursue their travel dream. Almost two years ago, their lives changed again when their month-old grandson joined them. Since then, the couple has adopted the boy, who loves being outdoors. He also enjoys walking through the campground, greeting all the friendly dogs he encounters. The McLeads were attracted to the RV lifestyle because it allowed them to travel around and see things from a different perspective than they would by simply visiting an area as tourists. That allowed them to develop deeper connections to the places they call home for a few months. Although Jennifer was not interviewed, Bill does a great job in describing the type of work camping jobs his wife had over the years and the challenges they have in finding them. Because he does not often help with the jobs, she is basically a solo work camper traveling as a couple, and it's sometimes more difficult to find those positions. At their current assignment, Bill has been known to dress up in a dog costume and greet guests as Bobber the Water Safety Dog. He also has worked maintenance positions in the past, but he spends most of his time fixing RVs. It's a skill he can apply anywhere, and he makes a good income doing so. To tell us more about his business, their work camping jobs, and the RV lifestyle he and his wife have come to love, please welcome Bill McLeod to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Bill. I really appreciate your time. So where are you in your RV travels today? Currently, we're in Pella, Iowa. We're staying at the Lake Red Rock, which is an Army Corps of Engineers park. And we'll be here for the summer season. When did you arrive? We got here. Wow, that's a good question. I would say about the end of April is when we came in and really first started working for them the first part of May. 
That's neat. Has it been a good experience? It's been wonderful. The people here are great. And as most people know, Army Corps of Engineer Parks are just beautiful. We've enjoyed watching the, all the trees and flowers and everything start to bloom and turn green. It's on a beautiful lake and the workers here are just fantastic. I can imagine. Iowa nice is a common phrase that I hear from people who've worked in Iowa. It's just people are fun to be around and fun to be with. And so that's cool yeah. that you're doing this. And so you are not a work camper. Your wife is doing the work camping and you're doing something else. Yes, that is correct. She does about 90, 95% of the work camping. I just help out here and there. Okay. And what do you do otherwise? Currently, I am a, a mobile RV technician. I ended up getting certified a couple of years ago and got all my training in there. And I get to go out and help make people's lives a little bit better when they have things break. And as a full-time RVer, I have a very good, better understanding than some of the people in the shops that just work on them and then go home. When did you and your wife first start RVing? We started RVing about two and a half years ago, right during COVID. Things happened in my career job and we just decided, you know what? We've always wanted to do this. Let's make a jump and moved into our RV and it sold everything. What did you do? I to go all out. What did I you... worked in a printing. Yeah, I worked in printing. I printed magazines and catalogs and did that for 20 plus years. I've... And it was great as far as it was able to raise the kids, but it wasn't a passion at all. No. Nothing like RV. The RV community. How many children do you have? We have three between the two of us. I have a son and I have a stepdaughter and a stepson. And then currently we also have recently adopted our grandson. Been about a year ago. And so we've had custody of him since he was a month old. And that's something for people our age as well. But yes, about a year ago, while we were full-time RVers, we went through with a full adoption. So he gets to travel with us and explore the country just the same as we are. Oh, that's fun. Has he been enjoying himself in all these various places that you've been visiting? Absolutely loved it. He is an outdoors boy and he could be playing on a tablet. But as soon as you ask him to go outside, he throws that on the floor and grabs his shoes. And he loves being able to see the squirrels and the birds and hear the chirps and see the airplanes. And there's so much to do. When you're in an RV, you're in a small confined area and he gets to go out and run and play with people's dogs. As you go through a campground, you know, half the people there have dogs and he gets to pet all of them. And he just is really loving and thriving this lifestyle at this point at his young age. I sure wish I could look at life with the same kind of wonder a three-year-old does. Yes. Everything is good. Everything is happy. There's so much new stuff every single day. You see something new. What attracted you to the work camping lifestyle? Um, the biggest thing about it is the ability to travel, the ability to move around and see new things. See things from a different perspective. When you take a vacation, what do you do? You go to the tourist spots and things for a few days or a week. And then you move on or you go home and you go right back to your life. In the work camping life, we can go for a season and we can learn things from the locals' perspective. Where do the locals go to eat? What music do the locals listen to? What, what trails do the locals hike on as opposed to the travelers and vacationers? Stay away from the touristy stuff. And you, we just have such a deeper connection with things everywhere we go. This has just been a fun travel. 
I hear that from people all the time. They just love to be able to immerse themselves into a particular region and enjoy the culture and the local food and see the tourist places that everybody else does, but yes. also enjoy the things that they don't, that, that people who live there really enjoy. Yes. I did a lot of vacationing when I was growing up. So I've seen things from the vacation side of things and doing this, it's been a totally different eye-opening experience that to see the difference between the two. And there really is a difference. And I didn't understand that as much until we started doing the work camping and slowing down, still being able to see new things, but just do it at a slower pace. And it, I didn't understand it until we started doing this. So what does your wife do now at the Army Corps of Engineer property? Yes. This location, she's doing things with the activities. So she gets to go work with the kids, the school kids, the younger kids, Talk to them about water safety, doing walks through nature and pointing out some of the plants and the bugs and the wildlife. They do nature walks at night during the day, whether it's small groups of just kids at the campground, or if it's big groups, when the local schools will bring the kids for a full day. And so the majority of her stuff is working with the youngsters and teaching and working with water safety, just the different safety aspects of nature itself. Are you involved in And then also there's dressing up in the costume as Bobber the water safety dog. And that's been a fun experience to see the kids react to the mascot that's here. In fact, we get to do it again this coming Saturday and walk around the beach and the boat docks and meet the kids and encourage everybody to wear their life vests when they're out anywhere near the water. Oh, that sounds like fun. What are some of the other work camping jobs you folks have enjoyed? We have done some stuff. When we first started Gold full-time, I did work with the, the maintenance team at an RV park. So I got to cut grass, do the weed eating, all that, some minor maintenance repairs, building some stuff around new tiny homes and cabins, building ramps and decks. Jennifer has done some things from helping in the office with reservations, to a lot of housekeeping, a couple different parks. She's done housekeeping. Yes, this stuff, everybody laughs about, got to clean toilets. There's some of that, but so what, as my wife likes to say, I could do anything for six months. It's short term and then you try something new and she's always looking for new experiences and things she hasn't been able to do. And that's one other thing on the work camping. You can, there's so many different things to do and things to try and things to enjoy. What are some of the favorite places that you visited? I would say at this point, our favorite is probably here just because it is, with it being a Corps of Engineers Park, it is based on a lake. They're usually in a scenic area. We've enjoyed the wildlife and seeing the deer and the wild turkeys and just that sort of stuff. The other places we've been at have been private campgrounds, RV parks, and so it's not quite the wildlife scene, but the people were fantastic. We love seeing the people. I do miss Texas. We love staying down and working in Texas. I, there's just something about the whole Texas people. They were wonderful. But I would say up until now, this has been our favorite place to stay anyway, is here in Iowa. Where are you from originally? Actually, that's another funny story. I actually grew up about a half an hour from where we're currently at. <laughs> And that was one of the other things that brought us to Iowa is I get to spend the summer near my parents. My family has spread out around the areas. 
But my parents are getting a little bit older. And so we were able to spend the whole summer and visit with them. And they can see Kyson growing up, who was our great grandson and or our grandson, their great grandson, and see him growing up. And I get to see a campground that I haven't seen in 35 years since I'm, I grew up at around this lake, other campgrounds, but around the same lake. But I told my wife, we pulled in, I said, so many things are different. And they've got to count me back. And it's been 35 years since I've stayed at this, at this lake. And so it is fun to start bringing back memories from years and years ago. Oh, that's neat. Now, do you have any difficulty in finding work as an RV technician? No, actually, sometimes it's a little bit slow when we first arrive in an area because people don't really know. But RV technicians, there's such a big need for it out there. There's so many people that are either full-time or they're staying at campground and something happens and they can't go anywhere. Leveling just quit working or a slide slits moving. How are you supposed to take it down the interstate to the RV shop with your slide sticking out? So they're in a panic and they don't know what to do. And so just seeing the truck, there's such a need for it. Sometimes, like I said, it may be a little slow, but overall business stays good enough to be able to pay for our travels. It really has been a fun, wonderful, fun experience to be able to help people that way as well. When I was full-time RVing a number of years ago, I found mobile RV technicians to be a godsend because I did not have to take down, unhook from everything and bring the slides in and then leave the site and drive to a dealership and wait for somebody to be uh, able to fix the RV or even worse, leave it at the dealership and try and figure out a way to get into a hotel for a night or two to get something fixed. Or a week or two. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's it. What kinds of repairs do you typically do? I will do just about anything except for I don't work on the engines and drive trains or the big structural stuff. There are certain repairs structurally that are just best left to shops. Mm-hmm. Replacing entire roofs are best left to bigger companies. I'm a solo guy. I work by myself. But all your components, your ACs, your water heaters, your slides, mechanisms, the leveling jacks, there's just about anything in there, electrical issues, plumbing issues, all the smaller stuff. And even shops will recommend me or refer people to me because even a shop is starting to recognize that their focus is in the shop. And to be able to do both shop repair and mobile repairs, it's very difficult for them. And so they'd like to focus on their shop repairs and not send their best techs it's usually what they set up on a mobile call. And if they don't have to lose them in the shop, they love to refer people to a mobile that has to be mobile. They know not every job can get into the shop. I can, that emergency call. I can imagine that for you, it would be very difficult to remove a slide out in order to work on yes. it. But the shop can do that more easily. And that's where but they he- specialize. And you can come in there and deal with the other problems that are relatively easier for them to do. Yes. Might be challenging, I would imagine, to diagnose (laughs) some RV problems that you've encountered. But Yeah, there's always challenges. I've run into some things, but through a lot of my trainings, I've been able to make a lot of connections with people. There's nobody has the answer to every single problem in an RV. You could be a technician for 35 years and you're going to come across stuff that's going to make you scratch your head. 
but yet I've been able to make connections so that when I do run into those situations, I have people I can call. Some of the manufacturers have great tech support. I can call the manufacturers themselves and walk through diagnosing things or the new electronics. There's always new stuff coming out. Everything is going digital and, and with the touch pads and the big control boxes underneath that have 85 wires running to that. A lot of things are changing and updating. And so being able to keep up with that has been a bit of a challenge at times. So constantly taking more classes and doing more training all the time as well. Did you find the training difficult? Not really. Um, I always was a pretty mechanical minded individual. The training I took was very hands-on. I love the guys. I did it down in Texas. I love the people of the National RV Training Academy. I'll give them props. They really filled in a lot of the gaps that I had. I've been around RVs since the time I was born in one fashion or another. Of course, as a kid growing up, you don't really want to learn much about them, but you still understand it and you still know how things work. And so I've always understood them, but I was more of they call the YouTube expert. So I didn't always have the right information and I've remodeled some. I gutted out our first fifth wheel and totally remodeled it completely. And I look back at it now and say, I did things wrong. <laughs> but the training really filled in all those gaps and really taught me so much and gave me so many connections to other people so that we could help each other out. The network it is great. But yeah, the training was top notch. And so I do run into things every once in a while that is difficult, but for the most part, the support has been fantastic. And we can figure out just, I've only had to walk away in the last two, two and a half years. I think I've only walked away from two jobs where I absolutely could not figure it out. Yeah. So a lot of them are simple, but every once in a while you get that head scratched. Are most of your customers in the campground you're staying at, or do you find them from other camp nearby campgrounds as well? They go a lot of nearby campgrounds. There's always some in the campground we're at. A lot of them are nearby. Either they have seen my truck with the magnets on the sides, or they found me on Google just doing a Google search. Hey, he got the RV tech near me. But, uh, or people at the feed booths, when I'm staying, the people here know what I do. And so when somebody, I've seen, I just helped a guy with his toilet leak yesterday. He actually came to the park from somewhere else and said, hey, do you know of any RV tar techs in the area that can come to me? Because uh, we're camped in a local camp down the road and they don't know of anybody there. Found out, I guess I need to let them know. But uh, so, yes, I do find some of them. So basically uh, what from, you do is you show up into an area and you contact the campgrounds within 10, 20 miles of wherever you're at and let them know that you're in the area for six months and they start referring people to you? Yes, absolutely. I contact other mobile techs because they get so busy. Sometimes they need other referrals. For emergency calls, I've contacted local dealerships and shops, gone in, met the shop managers, discussed how we can help each other out and find out, is that a shop that I can trust to refer big jobs to? And then, and also let, let them get a feeling for who I am. And sometimes I'll even purchase stuff from some of their parts department if things are needed on an emergency basis that I can't wait for them to get shipped, but do the Google 
Facebook page. There's different tech locators online, get registered on there. So there's a large thing, but yes, a lot of it is when you first arrive somewhere, I got to get in the truck and go pound the ground, tires, move around from campground to campground, meet camp hosts, meet owners, campground owners and business owners in the area and just let people know, Hey, I'm here. These are my credentials. This is my experience. If you need anybody or know anybody who needs help, I am around and being fairly new to the area. And since I do move seasonally, I don't usually have a big, large following. Like some of these guys who are stationary here and who've been here for 10 years that are booked out three, four weeks out. I can help them on a lot quicker basis because I am new, so I'm not booked out. Do you have any conflicts with the campgrounds that you're at where they, where you're actually working on RVs in that campground? I haven't had any issues with campgrounds. The only thing is I'm like, since we're working for a federal with the army Corps of engineers, I can't put a sign out in front of their trailer standard sports side because I can't advertise. They have to keep it that way. Now they can keep some information up in a fee booth. So if anybody comes and asks them, then that's okay. I just can't put signs out actively advertising because it is federal campground. But no, most campground owners and parks that I have come across have been more than happy because if I can fix it, then their guests are happier and they're able to stay. A lot of times guests start having a problem with an air conditioner. Who wants to stay at a campground when it's a 105 degrees outside, their AC is not working. So they cancel their reservations and they go home. Now they have a spot that's not being paid for. If I could come in there and fix it, that guest stays in the campground. They keep getting their money. The guests are happy because now they have air conditioning when it's a hundred degrees outside. And you know, it, it helps everyone. So most campground owners and workers are very happy to see you there with very few exceptions, except maybe unless they have a, a black tank lead that they don't want. To take a chance of having a mess around their campgrounds. Most of them are more than happy to have you there working on their, that's on their a, guests' items. That's a great perspective. Have you faced any challenges while you've been RVing or work camping? No, mostly our only biggest challenge is just when we first arrive somewhere. Every once in a while, we do face some challenges in the work camping aspect of it. When my wife is looking for jobs, so many campgrounds want two people for that site. They want two workers. And sometimes if they're a real busy place or in a very high uh, touristy area, they want two full-time workers, two people that are going to work 30 to 40 hours a week for that site. So we do have to be a little choosier and have to search a little bit harder to find a place that wants, will allow one worker and only part-time because she doesn't want to work more than 20 hours a week, but she doesn't want any pay. It's just site only. So it's our rent, our utilities, our site, that's full hookup uh, for her 20 hours. But there are fewer of them than there are for two people who want to work full-time to the park. I can imagine. Uh, so that's the biggest challenge that we have come across is trying to find that work. There are out there. We have found them. But they just take more searching and more work on our end. So you're a couple, but technically a solo because only your wife is doing the work camping type jobs. Correct. So that's, yes, that's, so that does do our wrenching things, but it's not insurmountable. Mm -hmm. If you want to do it, want to live this lifestyle, you just have to do a little more work. 
Besides a free RV site, do you get any other perks as a result of the work camping? Some places have some for maybe discounts on propane or discounts at local attractions in the area. Many places don't just because of the fact that it is only part-time, but we aren't looking for that per se. The majority of what we're looking for is that it's a fun place to stay. It's a clean place to stay and uh, that we get our site in full hookups. And that's our main goal in looking for a spot because if she can get the full hookup, including all the electricity and everything, then I don't have to work quite as hard to pay for the rest of every stuff. That makes sense. Stuff. And we're all at our age. We're trying not to work that 60 and 70 hours a week that we both did in our career lives. Trying to slow down a little bit, smell the roses, as they say. That's a good point. So you are able to support your travel lifestyles by fixing RVs wherever you go. Yes. Her job, being only the 18, 20 hours a week, will pay for a full hookup site. And if you're debt-free, which is a big deal, if you've got to be work camping, that's the best. It's not the only way. I know plenty of people who have truck payments or car trailer payments, but if you can be debt-free and your site and utilities are paid for, how much money does it really take to live, to buy groceries and insurance and cell phone plans? It's a lot less than we had to spend in our stick and brick lifestyle. That's a very good career. point. After this position ends in Iowa, where do you plan to go next? A lot of people have asked that. We have no idea. Okay. We're still looking. <laughs> Started looking. Yes, we have been looking. We've been looking a couple of places down in Alabama, down near the Gulf Shores. Neither one of us have ever been there before. We would like to head down that direction if that happens. But at this point, we have no idea. When we were leaving Texas to go to Oklahoma, we knew we were leaving. We had the dates picked out. We'd already had our notice hit at the campground we were staying at. And it was less than two weeks away before we finally found the spot we were going to in Oklahoma. We just have to, you know, it's going to work out. We're going to find the right place at the right time that's going to fit. And it did. The place in Oklahoma worked absolutely perfect. We loved it there, loved the people. So yeah, we'll work out. But everybody laughs at like, how could you not know where you're going? We'll just flip a coin in the air and go. If we don't have a job, we'll find one. We I can fix things on the way as we head to wherever God decides to take us next. Are there so some we don't know where we're going this fall. Are there some places still on your bucket list? Well, there's a whole lot of places. Um, the biggest plan that we have is Tyson is only three. We said we have adopted him and our goal is that by the time he turns 18 and is ready to move out, that he has visited or stayed in. We have to at least spend one night in the camper in that state. But he will have stayed in all 49 states that we can drive to. That's fine. I, I told him, I'm sorry, I'm not driving him to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but every state, including Alaska, we want him to have stayed in all 49 states that by the time he turns eight. That's neat. So, so that's our biggest goal as far as instead of the locations, ours is biggest is uh, the states. And then we can find what we want to do in that state or in this state. So we're trying to use, keep our bucket list for the, a more general bucket mm -hmm. list because we are trying to do over the next 18 years. Once he moves out, who knows? I'm sure our, our bucket lists will grow and our, our travel plans will change. That's right. You'll only be 68 or so, right? When he's right. 18. So that's yeah. still young enough yeah. to go out and do oh, things. Absolutely. 
I see people as an RV technician, I'm traveling around. I see people still up into their nineties who are still full-time traveling, you know, and some people are a lot younger. They've had health issues and some people are older and they, it's let's start young. And if we can do it for 30 years, great. Let's do it for 30 years and 40 years. Who knows how long it'll be. But if not, if things take a bad career, at least we got to enjoy ourselves. Is it challenging um, and, travel, to travel with a three-year-old? Not really. Tyson is a good traveler. Okay. We try to do, we do try to keep it short trips. Like when we were coming up here from Oklahoma, we did it in three days. So we would only go for about four hours at a time. And then we'd stop and he'd get to run around and play at the parks and, and we stay in campgrounds. So that way there was like a playground there or something where he could run around and do. So we try to keep our travel. So what? If our trip takes a week to get somewhere, so what? We're not on a time schedule. He'll slow down a little bit more. And that's what we decided. Let's just slow down and not push ourselves. Why be in a rush? It's not somebody is in the hospital. We have to hurry. That would be a different story. We're just going from one job to another. And we set it up the dates with them and say, hey, we'll be there in two weeks. And if it takes us a week to get there, great. If it takes us two weeks, that's fine too. We're not going to rush. And so he does. He travels really good in the truck once we get going. And then as long as we keep it to within about three, four hours of driving time, he does really well. Who's going to be involved in road schooling him and taking him up to all the school? I think both of us. Yeah. I think both of us will. One thing about as a mobile RV tech, I'm working, I have my own business. I can set my own schedule. If we decide there's an activity that we would like to do, then we can just schedule it that way and not schedule any jobs that day and go do that activity. So we want to do a little bit of both. I am more the outdoorsy type person. So when it does come to more the hikey and the, the outdoor stuff, that'll be more of me. When it comes to the reading and some of the math stuff, it's a combination of both. It, as far as our, when we pick out some good curriculum, it'll probably be more her for the most part, because I'm not very well at being structured. Mm -hmm. I love to just flip a coin in the air and just go. I, I very much jump from one thing to another. So I'm not structured very well. And that's very hard for me. But so when it comes to the structure stuff, I'll let Jennifer take care of most of that. <laughs> Do you have any advice that you'd give to people who are considering becoming a work camper or jumping into the RV lifestyle? Um, I would say the biggest thing is if, as I mentioned earlier, if you can get debt free or reduce your debts as much as possible, that gives you so much more freedom. We do have one payment now that we didn't have when we started because we had upgrade our rig. We started out, our trailer was paid off. I remodeled it all to fit us perfect. I wasn't planning on having an infant at the time and a toddler now. So we have had to change and get a different, uh, we different fits wheel to pull. So I do have one payment. We went into the whole thing, started out debt free though. It just offered so much more flexibility and freedom. So if you can do that, I really highly recommend be as, as close to debt free as you can. Otherwise, just do your research beforehand. Don't jump in without knowing. If you can get involved with work wrapping groups or like work camper news organizations that gear information towards work campers, get involved with them, learn what they have to teach. There's people that have been doing this for 20, 30 years. Luckily, I did have a lot of information because my parents were a work camper for many years. And before that, I can remember my grandparents being a work camper. 
and being fee takers. So actually at Lake Red Rock, where we're at now, different campground around the lake, but same organization. So I have been exposed to the work camping life through, I'm virtually the third generation to be exposed to this lifestyle. And I'm glad to be able to carry that on. But with a little bit of research and flexibility, it's wonderful. But those are the two things. Plan, learn as much as you can, but don't hesitate. Don't keep putting it off and saying, oh, in a few more years, it'll be better. Oh, in a few more years, it'll be better. I am glad I didn't put it off. Now, of course, with COVID, my career ending, it gave me the kick we needed to get going. But I'm so glad I did. And I haven't, neither one of us have regretted it even one day at all since going full-time. That, we absolutely love it. That's bothered. Yeah. I was going to say that you're an inspiration to people who are typically under retirement age who have been yeah. dreaming of doing this and you've started completely over in a different yeah, new absolutely. life in your early fifties. And so yeah. that's inspirational and it will show that other people can do it if they want to do it themselves. Yeah. I was a factory worker for 20 plus years. My wife was in restaurant management most of her life. She's not working at food service anymore and I'm not in factory. And at middle age, you do start to wonder, can we do this? Can we really change our focus, change our careers? And it's, it can be very scary. It really can, but we encourage each other and we are so glad we've done it. And I encourage anybody that can or is thinking about doing it, learn about it and just make the job. It's been wonderful. If people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do it? An easy way is you could find me on Facebook. The biggest thing is probably through my business. It's Enroute Mobile RV Tech. I do have a, an email. It is help at Enroute, E-N-R-O-U-T-E dash RV dot tech, E-E-C-H. Through the business, I could pretty much answer any questions. It doesn't have to be RV related. You can, if you want to know anything about Jennifer and I, we do have a little Facebook page for family and friends that I can invite people to it just talks about our travels and where we're going next. And uh, you might be able to search it. I'm not even sure. I haven't tried since I, I we've invited all of our friends and family, but it's McLeod's Travels and Adventures. And McLeod's is M-C-L-E-A-D apostrophe S. McLeod's Travels and Adventures. It's on Facebook. We do like to post pictures of what we're doing and uh, special events and activities that we do while we're traveling and where we're staying. And it's been fun because our, a lot of people don't travel. All of our friends from all of our past jobs and stuff, they're still, I like to say, stuck in their stick and brick life. They're too afraid to go out and try something new, but yet they can live vicariously through us and they can see the different parts of the country. And, and so we've got a lot of good positive feedback, even though not like I post something every single day, but when we do, they really have enjoyed sharing and wondering what we're doing next and trying to figure out how we can live, not knowing what we're going to do next. It's like when people say, we're, like you asked earlier, where are you going to go in the fall? And I said, I have no idea. And so many people don't understand how can you live that way and not know? And that's the fun part about it because we might go east, we might go west, we might go south. We don't know, but we're going to end up somewhere fun and we're going to we, we make the best of it. That's great. 
Well, thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate the time. This has been a great story, and I wish you and Jennifer and little Tyson a lot of good luck, and I hope you have a great summer and a lot of fun going forward. Thank you very much. It's been great. I want to thank Bill McLeod for coming on the show to talk about the experiences he and his wife Jennifer have enjoyed over the past two and a half years. It seems that wherever the couple is at the moment, it is their new favorite place to visit. They love the scenic beauty and wildlife they get to enjoy while staying at the Army Corps of Engineers project in Pella, Iowa. However, they also love the people they have met while working at private campgrounds, especially in Texas. Bill's story about staying at the same RV park he enjoyed visiting as a youngster nearly four decades ago was heartwarming, especially since he could watch his grandson do many of the things he enjoyed doing as a child. The McLeads are living the best of both worlds. They get a free RV site because Jennifer serves as a work camper, but Bill makes money by fixing RVs wherever they go. All he has to do is drive around a campground with magnetic signs on his truck, and he's often flagged down quickly. After fixing a few RVs, word spreads that there's a train technician in the park, and from that point forward, he often has no shortage of work to do. Running a business gives him the flexibility to work at times when Jennifer isn't needed for her work camping job. That ensures that one of them is always available to care for their young grandson. His job as a technician has not created any conflicts of interest at the campgrounds they've stayed. Although Bill can't put signs outside advertising his business, especially on government property, he does let campground owners know he's available to fix things for their customers. After all, if an air conditioner breaks and people can't get the unit fixed, they usually cancel the reservation and head home. So it is a win-win situation for Bill to keep campground guests happy and in the park. Being a work camper gives the couple some other perks too, like discounts on propane and local attractions, which helps stretch the travel budget even further. Best of all, the lifestyle allows them to scale back from the hectic 60 to 70 hour work weeks they endured in their professional careers to truly enjoy life and each other. Jennifer now works less than 20 hours a week for the RV site and electricity. By fixing a few RVs each week, Bill makes enough money for food, entertainment, and other expenses. The key, Bill said, is to remain as debt-free as possible. When work campers don't have to make payments on trucks, RVs, credit cards, and the like, they really don't need much money to support a travel lifestyle. People can connect with Bill and Jennifer by visiting his business webpage at www.enroute-rv.tech or by visiting their Facebook page at McLeod's Travel and Adventures. I wish them the best of luck as they pursue their travel dreams and introduce their grandson, now adopted, to some tremendous experiences. Today's episode is sponsored by WorkCamper News. With its diamond or platinum membership tools, WorkCamper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. 
That's all I have for this week's show. Next week, I'll be talking to another RVer who runs a business to inspect RVs and teach people how to drive motorhomes and tow RVs. I'll have that interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. If you like these interviews, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes. Thanks for listening.